to Spreading the Good Stuff, a podcast for regional women who want to thrive in their work, wellness, family and community. We share stories of triumph, challenge, growth and change in business and in life and offer helpful insights and advice to empower you to live your best life, however that looks for you. to Spreading the Good Stuff. This is episode 22. I'm Christy O'Brien. I'm Katrina Myers. And I'm Leonie Canham. Today we are talking um, about our conversation two weeks ago um, that we shared about grief. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Ladies, we are together in the one room again. Yes, it's so exciting. nice to be here I with know. you both rather than on the phone. So much better. And I think for a conversation about the one we're about to have, it's probably important that we are in the same room because this is a big one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And just putting out there earlier, there might be a little bit of background noise. Um, we are renovating out the back here at home, so there might be a bit of um, chopping and banging. So um, please bear with us. So this conversation today is is essentially debriefing um, that amazing conversation we had at our lives, Spreading the Good Stuff event late last year, where we had Tracy and Cherie um, talk about their experiences of grief and how we can do grief better as a community, essentially. Um, There were so many lessons from that, so many people touch-based after that event, and then since we put the recording on a couple of weeks ago, the the same thing has happened, So, um, Mm. which is not surprising at all. Like It was a really powerful conversation on the night, and people came away with lots of um, take-homes of things that they could, um, I suppose, be aware of if they... Uh, a going through grief themselves, or B know people mm, going through grief. To support someone going mm. through grief, yeah. So I thought we might start today just by talking about, I suppose, things that we learnt. Um, I know talking to the girls leading up to that event last year, like it really opened my eyes to, I suppose, the fact that grief looks different for everybody, mm. and that might sound cliche, but like one size does not fit all, and mm. perhaps the old, the old version of going through the stages of grief and this is how it should look like and these are the boxes you should tick mm. is just very ir- irrelevant. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that you girls, based on your own experiences, would would know that. Um, so that was something that I, I really took home. Also just being patient with people around you, um, those you know well, those, those you don't know well, about their experience of grief as well and, and no judgment. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes because life is one big comparison – Sometimes mm. in every area of our life, people tend to compare people's grief, you mm. know, either with their own or or they might look at them and go, oh, they look like they should be, you know, through that now, mm. you know, like mm. that sort of thing, which I think you, you catch yourself and you might hear other people saying things along those lines and it, it does make you open your eyes, I suppose. Mm. They're definitely. definitely the two things that, that, I, that I learned from the conversation. Yeah. What about you ladies? Yes, I would agree with those. Um, I think... I, I've been listening to the episode and thinking about the same things and, and um, definitely that idea that your grief is very different from someone else's and you should just – I always try to encourage people, like if I have a friend that loses someone or they're going through a difficult patch, I always say just feel whatever you're feeling. Mm. Don't don't expect to feel any certain way. And I think society will tell you you should be feeling a certain way, exactly all those things that the girls talked about, but just feel whatever you're feeling. If you feel fine, go with it. If you're not, mm. go with it. Just don't put any expectations on how you're going to feel around that grief. And, that, and that, the girls really talked about that, and I love that. And something else that really resonated with me was that um, the bittersweet stuff. Yeah, oh, I love that. that. Oh. I wrote that down on the night. Because yeah. It was just, um, 
and really it explains so much, particularly for a young person. And I'm not sure, Katrina, of our listeners will know that you lost your father to, yep. to suicide at yes. 15. 15. 15. Mm. So I imagine your experience of grief then would be very different to how you look at how grief is sort of dealt with now, would you say? Yes, definitely. And I, and I, um, so, yes, another thing that, that really resonated with me is that it's really a journey. Like, so mm. it's, you know, as a 15-year-old back then, I didn't have any understanding of grief at all, really. Mm. Or how to, No one explained it to no, you? No, nobody explained it to me. And, um, and nor should you. You would hope at that age that it's not something that you've, oh, exactly, you've gone through. Exactly. That's right. You wouldn't expect, especially that sort of like losing a parent is mm. such a high level of grief, I guess. So... Yeah, I never would never have prepared myself for that. But I think that's something else that came out of the conversation is that it is so important to talk about it because mm-hmm. you just never know what's around the corner for any of us. Mm-hmm. And nobody escapes grief yep. at any, you know, <clears throat> nobody does. So it is really important to have those conversations early on. Are we better at that now, do you think, than we were, say, back oh, then? Oh, definitely, yep. definitely. And I think particularly like I know people who have been through grief and I know for myself with my own kids as well I do talk about it a lot more with them and now I use any opportunity to talk to them about Mm. grief and explain how they're feeling and all those sorts of things so that so that they are prepared for it and I think Mm. as communities and and that's why your conversation with the girls was so important Mm. and has resonated it doesn't happen a lot does it no we just don't talk about it enough and it's so important Mm. because we the more we can prepare ourselves the better, you know, so you're not just thrown in the deep end when something severe does happen. I mean, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't happen for people until later in life, but it can. You never know what's around the corner and the more no we deal with it as a community, the better. But but back to the bittersweet thing, that really resonated for me because that's sort of what's happened for me lately is that bittersweet moment of working out my why, my purpose recently when I realised that a lot of the stuff I do in my community and all this why I care so much about everybody is all related back to losing dad. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, is, that, was, I was like, that was a bittersweet moment, you know, it's because mm-hmm. I've had this experience. So it's given me that blessing of being able to try to help other people, but it's bittersweet because I had to lose dad to have that and capacity. That's so interesting and that's why I think it struck a chord with me too because – you can reach that stage in life when you've been through a loss like that and all these years later you can come out the other side having gone through that journey um, feeling like a better person because of it, because you've been mm. through it. But then it's bittersweet and I, the thing I've totally. grappled with over the years is, well, that seems like a really selfish thing for me to sit here and say, well, I'm a better person because I lost my dad when mm. I was young. But I'm a poor dad. I know. <laughs> you know. So he had, he had to give up his life mm. well before he yes. should have. But if you could so I could learn you, the lesson. You could have him back, though. Oh, you know, like that's, that's exactly so that's, right. That bittersweet it is. just captures it and it makes Doesn't it feel it? okay. It's the perfect word. It's so right. That's exactly what it is. And you Because so, I battle with exactly those same sort of things, of that feeling of, Oh, but I wish that hadn't happened still, you know, like, and, oh, but I've got this, I can help other people so much, but, oh, if only I'll mm. give it all up to have him back, and that mm. is that bittersweet. Mm. And I think Tracy's yeah. um, example on the night and as part of the conversation was a, a young a young child who had lost a parent and the young child saying that she felt bad when she was happy because she should have looked sad. Yes. You know, and that whole, Perfect. again, that community of expectation it. about what grief should look like. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be walking oh. around miserable all the time. Yes. You know, or I shouldn't be having a holiday because I haven't got a, a husband anymore or, yes. you know, this sort of stuff. That's like right. it's 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 really, it's really 
tricky. It is really tricky, but the more we talk about it, the And better. the more we can introduce our kids to it from a young age as well without going overboard because you, it's such a fine line between talking to them about grief and it being normalised to then frightening them because yeah, that correct. can happen too. When you're talking about death and, of course. and grief, then at a young age when their little minds aren't quite equipped to no. deal with that, it can... You know, it can really frighten them. So it's a tricky one. It made me think of the other night my kids were, they always meditate before bed and on the Smiling Mind app that they use, you know, just before you do your meditation, it asks how you're feeling. Mm. Are you feeling happy? Mm -hmm. On the scale of sort of 0 to 10, how happy are you? How content are you? Um, And just before they did it, my middle child showed me flipped his iPad around to show me the scale of where he was sitting and his happiness was zero. Mm. And straight away I had this feeling of, oh, mate, you know, what's what's happening? And why aren't you happy? He said, that's how I feel every day. And oh. I, then again I had this sudden moment of, oh, my goodness. I said, what do you mean? He said, because, because our dog died. How, oh. how am I allowed to be happy when our dog died? Wow. And it was just that. It created this space for us to then have a, have conversation, a conversation that it's okay to still feel yeah, happy because yes. he dies. Whereas but, we but, probably wouldn't have even had that. No, but you they're know, asking the question and he's just giving an honest answer. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But Maggie Tried Dent. Trying the life out of me for a minute. <laughs> Maggie Dent talks in her book about how important it is, especially for young boys, oh, to have a pet, pet I read that, that yeah. dies yes. before they're five, I think she says. Mm. And it sounds so morbid, but... What it's because it gives you that them. chance to teach them about grieving and death. Yeah. I'm going to based on your recommendation too. Thank oh, you for that. It's so good. <laughs> she actually has, she has a great chapter all about grief yes. for boys and how to mm. deal with it. But that's yeah. the that's the perfect situation. I mean, obviously it's still extremely sad again. It's yeah. bittersweet that your dog had to die for him to have right. that experience. Yeah. But sets him up beautifully then for that experience for future right. you know challenges and all that sort of thing so yeah, amazing and i think this is sort of based on that you know a community kind of expectations about what grief should look like and how everyone should act mm. in grief as well and and the, one of the biggest things as i said earlier was that you know one size doesn't fit all it doesn't look the same for everybody and everyone mm. deals with grief differently they mm. might look really happy on the outside they might look really sad on the outside it doesn't mean they're not dealing with stuff you know mm. i think that's that awareness which I think was really highlighted in that conversation. I think so. And the other thing that I found really powerful about it, whether you were, maybe this was more so having been in the room, but it just goes to show the power of having a sort of group conversation about grief. Mm. Like, you know, often in conversation with people we might sit and and talk about it, but in a a full room of people and whether some were going through some immediate kind of grief or, Mm. you know, it's, it's been in their life for a long time. That feeling of it hanging in the air of that many, mm. well, it was mostly women, there were some men as well, but yep. that feeling of sort of shared grief. Absolutely. Um, shared compassion is, too. Yeah, is yep. really, really powerful. Totally. Um, even though we were, I think, talking about it in a posi- really positive way, you could just feel it. And I think it was. it's just so important for people, whether you've been through it or even if you haven't and you're there just because you're wanting to learn more about how to support people, um, when it's a shared sort of, grief like that you can learn so much mm. from so many different people mm. about you know how how we best deal with it as mm. family members as friends as a community um I just thought it was so valuable in that sense and and one of the biggest things I took away definitely too is that like you said Christy it's not it, it looks different for everybody but that big one is that there's just no time frame like no. for most people that ending. grief, yes. it may look and feel different at different stages in your life, but it is Never going to be there always. So it's just how you kind of 
integrated into your life and yes. what, you, what you do with it. And like you're saying, you know, this has now become your mm. why. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, it's so amazing yeah. to, to be able to do that. And being really aware of, as you said, people's journey and being patient with that journey as well. And again, it's like letting go of that, you know, community's expectation about, oh, it's been a year, you should be fine. Mm. Yeah, you know, like definitely. Or it's been 15 years, why are you sad? You know, like... And yeah. I hope that we all know better I now hope about we do that. too, but I think it's like we only know what we know. Mm. Yeah. And, mm. and once we know better then, you know, but some people don't. And it's hard to kind of kick old habits as well based on our upbringing, our people around us and, you know, yep. the things people say. Like, it's it's hard to go against the grain. Do you know one that I find tricky, um, and there was a lot of talk on the night in that conversation about probably the worst thing that we can do when somebody is in the grips of grief is to say nothing yes. or to avoid or like, you know, cross to the other side of the street when you see a person. That's the worst thing. And I think we know that's the worst thing we can do. So we need to be brave and we need to talk to the people. It's hard for people though. Well, it's, that's, that's easy enough to do when you're very close to that person and mm-hmm. you have that relationship. But what if it's somebody who you're just on a hello kind of basis, like an acquaintance mm. kind of basis, and, and living in small communities like we mm. do, if somebody gets sick or if somebody loses a person important in their life, and we feel it because mm. we're a small community. But I find I find that that's where it can be challenging when normally you wouldn't probably go up to this person and have a conversation. But, you know, you, you might mm. move in similar circles or you'd know people. Or, um, that's where I think it's tricky. What do you think in that kind of Well, I know for setting? me personally, I sometimes sort of, I probably hold back because I think, oh, they probably don't need me coming yeah. up if other people are already looking yep. out for them. But how could... How, but how, you don't want them thinking I, we're, I know. we're avoiding. And I can't assume that they are being looked after. It's absolutely. You know, and I think that even if it's just a, you know, a very brief conversation, but I, I think people who aren't built that way, um, as, as far as just bowling up and, mm. and chatting, probably hold back because they're, they're a bit worried about how that will come across. Yes. One thing I found really cool is I found this card once and it's, it's it literally just says, well, that's just shit. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> and so, a couple of th- couple of times I've used that for that exact situation where I'm not really close to that person, but I'll just send them a little text and say, that's just shit, isn't yeah, it? There's it nothing is. else you can shit. say. Yeah. Because sometimes the more we think about it, the more we try and say something profound or whatever, we often say the wrong thing. You know, like not often, but we can say the wrong thing as well. So, that, and that's what holds people back. And there, are, and there are some clear um, statements that can be made that are the wrong thing. Oh, of course. But, and this and is the key. S- this is the key thing about empathy. Mm. You know, empathy is not sympathy. So you don't need to go right deep with someone. It's just about creating that connection mm. and just sitting with that person and saying, "Yeah, I hear you. That's, That's right. crap. That's shit. Thank you for sharing." Rather than I know how you feel. Yeah. Well, thank you. you don't. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And then if they, uh, and you can go to that next phase. Of, well, thank you for telling me about it. If they do open up, exactly. then you can say thanks for telling me about it, or thanks for yeah. sharing with me. You don't need to do anything more than that. You know, yep. I think we all think we sometimes you either do nothing or you do too much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you, yeah, it's that really that Brene Brown is fabulous on this empathy Jeez. stuff to learn more about that sort of thing. And so. I think another practical thing that, and this was a big one that I learned, um, and so. I've spoken early on in the podcast with my experience of losing my dad in my sort of he was terminally ill in my late uh, late teens and the big thing I learned during the, the process of him being unwell and ultimately we knew he, he wasn't going to make it um, and then again after he did pass was and it's always with the best of intentions but when we offer you know if there's anything you need let me know 
um, rather than just coming in and doing giving it. the support and, yeah. and yeah, doing it rather than it's a really tricky one because anyone who's going through some kind of grief they're very unlikely to ring you up and say can you help me out can you yeah. make me a meal or can you pick up mm. the kids it, they're just not going to do it in that time so I think that's another big learning of, of a practical way that you can help people going through grief is to just do just the do thing it. yeah which is it's sometimes not always easy but um and I know that with for us, when my dad was sick, I just learnt a couple of huge lessons. But one day, this is just a, a short anecdote, but we were, he was still okay at this time, but we were grieving during his illness. So, yeah. so that, it's an yes. interesting thing too that you know, the grief didn't start the day he died. The grief no. started yep. four years earlier when he was diagnosed terminal. Yep. So, mm. you know, you had those four years and then the, the rest of your life after it. But I went to a sheep sale with him in the truck. And he was really unwell at this point. And we had a blowout of um, a couple of tyres in the truck on the way to Bendigo. And we're on the side of the road and he was down under the truck trying to change the tyres. And it was awful. Like he had no strength and he couldn't get it done. And he, I was so worried about him. And a couple of different trucks all heading to the same sales pulled up of people that we knew and said, you need a hand. And my dad being my dad was like, bugger off. Yeah. I'm right. I've got it. So they hopped in their trucks and continued oh. on to the cheap sale. A little bit later, another truck pulled up with a close mate of dad's who jumped out and said what the bloody hell are you doing <laughs> get out of the way <laughs> and pretty much ripped him out from under the truck and said exactly that get out of the bloody way yeah. and i will do it and, yeah. and he had no option yeah. he mm. got in changed the tires we hopped in the truck and i went and it's just it was such a profound moment for me and i always look back on it and think that there in that moment yes. this man and i've never seen him since and i i need to track him down and tell him <laughs> just do it. what you did that day was so amazing yeah that's right. Because he wasn't going to ask for help. And he also didn't want people to think that he couldn't no, do the exactly. thing. exactly. And it's tricky, isn't But it? by just coming in and doing it, yeah. I just think there's some really practical ways and there's some big lessons to learn from that. Definitely. And that reminds me of what Cherie said in the conversation a lot about, you know, often people would send messages or ring, but she doesn't. She didn't always have the strength emotionally to kind mm. of ring back or text back. And, you know, she said, and you feel bad, but she goes, you just don't even have that capacity and often people kind of um, might take offence to that or, or don't text anymore because mm. they they didn't hear so they don't want to kind of be intrusive. But, you know, I think if you're thinking about someone, send them a message. You know, yeah. let them know you're thinking because even if you don't hear back. And, you know, in theory you shouldn't have to feel hear back to feel good about what you do anyway. That's mm-hmm. right. But I think yeah. sometimes we are, we want that kind of, I've done something good, I want like praise for it. I yeah. want acknowledgement. Yeah, but it's and not about you. It's that's not the thing about to remember. Me. It's, I know. Yeah, it's about and the other person. And that sounds really harsh, but that's definitely something that came up on that night quite mm, a lot. Definitely. About people saying things are doing things to make themselves feel better. Like and Cherie commented about having to console people in I her know. grief. Yes, oh you that resonated that with me many, as well. I remember you just that. Think, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And like even though you can kind of feel bad about things you might have said or done, like I think that if we can learn moving forward, that that's to be aware of that. Yes. You know, that's, that was really key, I yeah, felt. Really, yeah. really key on the night. Yeah. Are there any things that you can think of, Katrina, through your experience of losing your dad and, and that grief that's then followed, of things that, that helped you that other people did? Yeah. Um, I actually loved, at the time, all because I was at boarding school at the time when it happened, and so when I went back to school and everyone wrote me all these cars like I just remember being really rallied around and really appreciating that and loving that um, no, adults as well like family friends cars yeah. family friends which you can like have a, forever I suppose can't you yeah, yeah and a family friend who lost her dad to suicide when she was young as well she wrote to me beautiful letters like mm. really heartfelt letters about mm. things that was yeah just beautiful and 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 I think it is that um definitely appreciating people that yeah. actually say something mm. 
I can remember the exact faces of the kids that came up to me and said something, yes. you know, without, and not just didn't pretend like it hadn't happened. And you so, also yeah. remember the ones that don't. Yeah, yeah, true, exactly. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Yep. And and for me, I also listening to that conversation, I think that the the big key thing is that absolutely exactly what you said, Leonie, that grief never goes away. Mm. It's always for me. It's been that up and downs and ebbs mm. and flows throughout life and you know yeah. when it first happened I probably just got on with things and coped really well and then I've been through patches and as an adult where I've gone downhill and then you know and it's all part of that really is that just constant journey. yeah the journey is that's such a life. cliche it's but it really is that's an important part of and life and yeah. patient like oh that's one thing I'd learned about being patient with other people but if you are going through grief yourself mm. like be patient with yourself like I had a friend oh, who's yeah. like you know I, three years in now I should be better than this I go oh. holding to who yes mm. I've got a friend you know? this she lost her husband two years ago mm. and her dad like two days later mm. and you know she's only sort of in a, into her third year and I think mm. sort of feeling like oh I shouldn't be feeling like this I'm like it's fine yeah. and it's different yeah. stages much. You know, like you feel like you're going good most of the year and then Christmas comes. Christmas is oh, a terrible oh, period. Oh, all the anniversaries. Anniversaries yes, are very you know, tough. And I think yes. that, you know, sometimes people who aren't living with grief every day don't notice those things. But people who are living with grief, they notice those things all the time. Yeah, 100%. And, and, it's, and I think that learning that from someone else going through grief makes me aware of it too. Mm. You know, like kind of just being a bit tuned in to the things that can be harder for other people. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think that's probably... Um, Really important, and I, you know, anyone that hasn't listened to the conversation, um, oh, listen to it, go back and listen to it. It's so good, so powerful because you you will learn a lot. And even, you know, if you know someone, for me, it's a really good way of kind of, you know, if you want to help someone either going through grief or around people, you know, share the conversation with them because um, it can help them as well. Yeah, you know, it's kind of. Because often these conversations might be hard to have one on one, but if they can mm. listen to the, yeah, it's the not confrontational then, isn't it? Yeah. You can just listen to it in your own time. Exactly. One of, one of the big things that also helped me and has continued to help me over the years, and I'm 18, 18 years this year since out since my dad passed away, is one of the best things, and it still makes me feel so good, is when people so not just touch base, and often people touch base on anniversary anniversaries, which is so lovely. But those people who contact me and then share a memory or a oh, story of my too. day, I just think yeah. that is Gold. hands down the best Same. way to help someone going through mm. through grief feel um, will feel better. It softens mm. the harshness of the pain that they're feeling, but it also, like to me, it means that this person that I love and miss so much meant something to other people oh, as well. Totally. And that's so, so, so special. I just think that is such a key thing that we can all do. You know, if you're writing a card to someone who loses somebody, mm. share a little memory of them or... Yeah, that just know. resonates so much with me because particularly because Dad died from suicide, people mm. were so, like, and still continue to be so reluctant to even talk about him yeah. because of the shame and everything that's attached. So whenever anyone, especially my Uncle George is really good at talking about him. He always yes. tells stories and I love it. I just oh. love hearing stories about because Mum doesn't really talk about Dad yeah. at all much. Yeah. So hearing from George and then, as you say, any of his friends or anything who tell me some little story oh, about him or something. Even the night when you spoke at our very first Spreading the Good Stuff when you were talking about your dad and yes. we had someone in the audience, oh, yes. um, beautiful Linda Carr, and she stood up and said she knew your dad yes. and how much you sounded like him and looked like him. Yes. And the whole room was just like, wow. Yeah. And yeah. I can see the, the yeah. look on your face. Like, yeah. Just... I honestly think that's the single most helpful thing. Yeah, I would agree. And compassionate thing that you can do. And I had um, a a beautiful mate, one of my dad's best mates, ring me a couple of weeks ago, who I haven't spoken to for years, but back from Colburn Avenue, near the, the farm where we grew up. We were chatting about other things and just community stuff and involvement that he, he has there in that community. But 
toward the end he said he said oh gosh you know I miss your old man and and then he launched into this story to say have I told you about the time that he bought the Colbo pub <laughs> I say for the next 45 minutes this story went on of a story oh, I've awesome. never heard didn't know anything about it it that's was fantastic. a complete you know, ridiculous story but of this night that yeah. he bought the Colbo pub so and, good uh, so special because that's that relationship living is. on and the girls talked about that as well and how important that is to still know that we all still have this really special relationship with people that have gone. And so it's so important. It's like reinforcing that it's okay for us to have that relationship and learn more about them and it just builds on that. So special. Yeah, Yeah. I came across a couple of beautiful um, quotes and this one sort of speaks to that. Um, Goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes. Mm, And if you love with your heart and your soul that there can never be separation yeah. and I just believe that with yeah, every inch same. of my being the thing that's helped me through grief over the years is this idea in my head that that pain that you feel or the sadness and that the longing and longing I think is a huge part of it yes as the years get further and further away the grief changes and the pain changes but and softens but for me the longing grows stronger mm, because it's definitely. been so long yes. since you've seen that so for me it's this growing longing and that's a, a new and changed kind of emotion to deal with but um yeah just that idea that 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 feeling that's left behind and the intensity of that grief is just a measure of the love that was yes, there exactly. and I just feel like if you can think about it that way it just helps you move yeah, through it more so gently true. Yeah, exactly. and feel then perfect. so grateful that you that. were so lucky to have that love and that connection in your life in the first mm. place because a lot of people don't. Yeah, no, exactly. that's right. Okay. But that's that's moving through that process too and getting to that point of, of acceptance course. where you have that appreciation for And, you know, yeah. it's, it took me – I think I've only got to that point with my experience in the last couple of years really mm. to get to that point where you can say, okay, yeah. And, and that longing thing really resonated with me too. The longer it goes on, the more you long. Yeah. And every experience that you have through your life, like having kids, oh, you oh, wish they were there and I all know. those things. Yeah. So it's all just a – and it's easy to kind of get in that negative, like feeling really ripped off, and you know, yeah. you know, because you've there's so and much. And you go through that for oh, sure. Yeah, mm, yeah. But it is nice when you're able to. Yes. This other quote as well, um, and this is from an online course. This um, I spoke about it a, a couple of episodes yeah. ago um, through the Oprah Winfrey That's... sort of school of life. Um, this video that I was watching the other night, the guy that was taking it says it usually takes suffering to alert us to the gift of life. When we mm. pay careful attention to our pain, oftentimes it's suffering that wakes us up. Mm. Wow. And it is so true. So, and it's that so bittersweet. Again, bittersweet. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Totally. It's definitely. Um, it's yeah. something that I think that we'll be really grateful for for a long time. Mm. And while I'm um, speaking and being grateful, I think we really need to thank Tracy and Sheree for that yeah. conversation. You know, like that was a really profound thing and, and not easy for them to do. And, not at all. Um, and they really did, you know, um, expose themselves to that vulnerability that night mm. in the which is why it was so powerful i know, you know being just, vulnerable is just so grateful. powerful and it was only listening back to it again and sort of and, and getting that feedback that we are very grateful to, to both those women mm. so um yep we might actually we better move to what move we're loving to what we're loving and um, <laughs> i've got to get to the airport and catch I a flight know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a tight schedule today <laughs> so i'll be quite brief which um might be hard to believe but i'm just going to talk about um Erin um, Barnes, which is Leonie's sister, um, with her little growing business, Next Generation Wellness. I spent an hour with her on Monday just sort of going through um, ways to sort of help, you know, personal development. But just for me personally, it was a lot about that kind of 
self-doubt and self-judgment, which you sort of mm. just helped open my eyes to, you know, you can be doing things in your life that look like self-care, but unless you're kind of digging down to kind of where that kind of mm-hmm. stuff's coming from, um, you don't really mm. know what you're doing. It's like walking around in the dark. Mm. So I'm really, really grateful for that. I've, I was, um, I'm really loving sort of the, the little nuggets of, of gold that she, she was able to give me and I can help move forward with that. Um, mm, that's great. Yeah, so thank you, Erin. Um, in the last couple of weeks, too, I've, I've been away. I travelled up to um, Northern Territory where my parents uh, have been working. So I'm really grateful and um, loving the fact that they have this spirit of adventure. Mm. And, and my dad's 70 this year and mum's not far behind. And they, they've been up in Arnhem Land and I was able to go up there with my sister and two of our kids. And, like, I'm so grateful for that and just mm. loving that they have that sense of adventure and I get to, to benefit from it. So, so cool. That's where my head has, has been. What about mm. you, ladies? Um, what am I loving? Yes, I'm loving that I've just had five beautiful days with my sister down from the Sunshine Coast. Erin's been down here. She ran a uh, wellbeing and life success immersion day here on the Murray at Echuca on Saturday. Katrina and I were both there for that one. Um, and yeah, it was just a sensational day. Uh, so many new learnings. And I've just been spending these last few days since she went home putting a lot of that into practice. Um, the big thing for me has been around um, just interrupting that autopilot mm-hmm. that we tend to be on. And Erin spoke and, and, and speaks a lot about the fact that 95% of our day we are on autopilot. Yeah. Unless, and unless we start putting or being more intentional and conscious during our day and putting new inputs into our bodies and our, our, our brains, then... We're just going to keep doing mm. the same old thing every day, and we're it's not going to see it was a any change. To me. Like, yeah. Just that kind of, you know, it's a, you the have brain, a choice. that brain science stuff Amazing. is just so yeah. fascinating. So um, yeah, that's what I've been spending the last couple of days doing is just um, setting up my days so that I'm interrupting that autopilot at different stages through the day when I wake. Um, you know, when I'm on my computer for work, when I jump in the car, I've got little post-it notes um, happening with lots of different messages. I'm using affirmations in some areas. I'm just putting questions in others and just some words, keywords for myself just to get me, yeah, really intentionally thinking about my day and, and the big thing of how I want to show up in mm. every moment. Yeah. So whether it's with my kids, whether it's in my work, um, in the community, just in connecting with people, it's just... It's amazing how differently your day can feel at the oh, end of it when you have interrupted yep. that autopilot. So I should mm. feel lighter or something. Mm. Oh, so much lighter. Yeah. And just you just go a little bit easier on yourself yeah, at you the do. end of the day Absolutely. because you kind of think, oh, you know, I did well. I did. Mm. I'm proud of myself. And and um, I think that you do realize too that you know it's normal as well. Like you feel mm. like you beat yourself up for sort of you know um, getting in a rut or negative self talk or judgment. Like and the fact that it's normal. But there is ways to kind of tame all that stuff. Yeah. You know, whereas you feel like it's sort of like a life sentence sometimes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, that, it's been really powerful. So I'm looking forward to sort of continuing on with that work. And, and we were chatting about it and, and given, you know, the enormous knowledge that Erin does have around that area, um, particularly the brain science stuff, but just, yeah, that, that health and well-being, um, that perhaps moving forward we might, you know, bring her in as a bit Absolutely. of an expert on some of the different yeah. topics that we're talking about because, so you know, the three of us, while we're all, you know, well on the way in this journey and, and right into our, our well-being and our health and, and living that kind of slower, more connected life, ours is what we're talking about during these conversations, I think, is more just that lived experience. Yeah, Whereas I think yeah. Darren can bring that. Oh, definitely. That real science um, 
and I, yeah. that sits behind it. Mm. Yeah. I was saying that to Katrina before, like even though you can be doing things like for me, I was doing like, you know, daily meditations and bits and pieces, but I still felt like I was really struggling in some areas, you know, and I just was like thinking why, but yeah. you know, I should have all these tools in place to sort of not have moments of, you know, an, an ongoing, you know, moments sort of, you know, hanging with me. And um, that's where it was a real revelation for me. Yeah. And I think I couldn't have done that without Erin, you know, mm. like I felt like, um, I think that we would definitely bring her in because there's so many rabbit holes we could go yeah, down. Yeah, she has such a gift. So I think... Um, right, Katrina, your turn. Sorry. I'm finished on yours. Yes, I'm I told you I was hugging the microphone. I'm not going to say anything else for the next three minutes. <laughs> and Katrina, you are doing so well at listening. <laughs> I'm really practising. That is one of my skills I'm practising at the moment. Thank you, Lee. Um, so I'm loving Erin's stuff as well because I did the workshop and I'm working on all those pattern interrupter things as well. Loving Sorry. those. I've got Breathe on my mirror and... The, saying to the kids, how do you want to show up today, kids? <laughs> Love it. Um, but I'm also, what I'm loving is I have just started doing some coaching with Kylie Lewis, mm. who I know you girls love as well, mm-hmm. from Of Kin. Yes, and it has Kylie. been just like... So business coaching or a bit of everything? More like just sort of life, I guess, yeah. like and sort of leadership stuff sure. at the moment for me yeah. and how I'm, how I'm operating. There's so much stuff going on in my community She's at the moment. She's kind of leader. She's awesome, yeah. Mm, and I'm just working on that really, like, the empathetic stuff mm. and, and learning more and more about empathy and practising listening. Like, that's a big thing for me is learning, working on my listening mm. skills and, and like, um, um, appreciative inquiry. Wow. Just really, yeah, just been so good. The timing is perfect for working with her. So... I highly recommend anyone who's actually at that point, if you're thinking about getting coaching from someone, highly mm. recommend it. And it we've just, had business coaching before. Yeah. yeah. We're just going over some of Kylie's stuff today from, you know, something we so had good. a while ago. And it's just, it's so spot on. Yeah. Mm. Really spot on. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yeah, highly recommend that. And, yeah, would highly also recommend checking out Erin Barnes' stuff too. Yeah. It's just Next Generation Wellness. We'll, mm. we'll link to that. And, mm. and yeah, Kylie Lewis of Kin. Check yep. them out. And make sure that um, based on all our episodes that you do check out the, the show notes. Um, we always have links on the socials as well. So um, mm-hmm. it's the place to go to actually find the stuff that we talk about yeah. in a lot of these yeah. episodes. So, yeah. And that's probably it for today. I think so. I think if anybody has any questions around what we've talked about today and around grief, their own experiences, or you know, you're just looking for us to maybe dig down into some other areas of it then send us another you know a message or a let us know because i mean we're happy to come back and revisit it and absolutely yeah, it's i an think it's such one. an important conversation to keep on having so yeah please send us through any feedback that you have definitely and that's probably about it so yeah. thank you for joining us we'll be back in your ears in a couple of weeks yes and um safe travels katrina when thank you catch that plane mm. and thanks ladies um, yeah. thanks for helping us spread the good stuff yeah thank you thanks for listening cheers bye see ya You've been listening to Spreading the Good Stuff, the podcast. Remember, you can subscribe over at iTunes. We'd love you to leave us a rating. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Spreading the Good Stuff. You can find all our show notes and previous episodes at our website, thesplendidword.com.au. Thanks for listening.